Welcome, fellow anglers, to the Working Class Fishing Podcast, a place for all anglers, amateur or expert, to share their stories and learn about fishing. Join your hosts, John and Brian, each episode as they debunk the perceived inaccessibility to fishing, break down the barriers of any and all angling methods, and hear stories from other anglers and their own journeys with fishing. Now, let's get this show started. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Class Fishing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and here is John Morris Esquire, the 14th tonight with your sponsors. <laughs> Welcome back to Working Class Fishing, everyone. Um, this episode is brought to you by CD Fishing USA 317 Fonts, Angry Rooster Fly Company, Anadromous Fly Company, and Lidrig. Go check them out. They got a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, they can really get you started in whatever you want to get started in. Awesome. Thanks, John. And uh, yeah, definitely go check out those sponsors and make sure that you let them know that we sent you. Um, so tonight we have the distinct pleasure of having somebody that's local to myself. Once again, hey, another local person. Uh, uh, she runs her own uh, bait company, well, tackle and bait cure company. So this is something that's a little bit different for a lot of folks out there that maybe don't use bait cures or scents or things like that in their fishing. Uh, we have very specific types of cures out here in the Pacific Northwest, but we have Deborah McQueen. She is the owner of Mr. Sure Cure and Naughty Tackle, and we're going to get into Naughty Tackle and what all that's about. But Deborah, she's going to talk all about her company tonight. So Deborah, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And you're back from Florida. You dodged all of this polar vortex, uh, even though you said it was kind of tore up at weather-wise, but you're able to dodge the uh, all the all the nastiness. And so you're I back. Did. I was very lucky. I am super lucky to have um, family in great places, you know, Florida, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's a that's a destination uh, both John and I want to go to. We have some fantastic friends down there, not only for the saltwater fishing, but also the uh, the freshwater, especially peacock uh, bass and all the other aquarium fish that have went feral down there. They just look like a lot of fun to catch. Yeah, that's an, um, an area I am looking to do a lot more fishing in. And I have a couple of products that I've been uh, working on for... Um, that area as well. Oh man. Oh, that's right. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So we're here tonight. Uh we're we're talking about Mr. Shear Cure. And before the show, we were talking about, you know, kind of the history and everything else. And um, you want to give everybody a rundown of the history of Mr. Shear Cure and how you came into owning Mr. Shear Cure. Sure, sure. Sure. <laughs> sure um, I was very fortunate to meet Bud Mackey, the creator of SureCure. He is from the Tillamook area and he created uh, Mr. SureCure as his second cure. So he created another cure and sold that company. And then he created this one. And through a connection um, in, the, in the boating industry, I hooked up with Bud and uh, it was a natural fit. And I uh, started selling the cure in my uh, boat dealership and then eventually purchased it. And I love it because it um, 
is quick and easy and uh, and, and it works, you know, and that's, that's the beauty, easy and it catches fish. So um, I fell in love with it right away. Now that's, that's, uh, that's super cool. Go ahead, John. I was going to say that that's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> You want something that catches fish. <laughs> oh, yeah, ultimately. And it's nice um, that, you know, it definitely catches fish, but it's also easy to use. And it's not something that takes days and days. It's, um, the, you know, the phrase quick and easy. It, that's really what it is. Yeah. So I, I don't know, you know, Brian was talking about people that didn't know anything about cures. That's me. I don't know anything about cures. I, I, I live in Texas and I'm originally from like the Southeast before this. So I have no idea what a bait cure even is. Well, a bait cure um, allows you to take a product like salmon roe or shrimp um, and cure it and preserve it so that you can catch the fish today, cure it and either fish with the, at least my cure, fish with the eggs tomorrow or fish you know, use them to fish in six months or a year. And so, you know, all of us know that old phrase about relatives are like fish, you know, seven days and they're rotten, you know? And so you kind of want to <laughs> cure the bait so that when you're ready, it's ready. And that's the beauty of it. Okay, this, this, this is all coming together now. Brian, that's why your fridge has all that red shit on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. Well, and and that and that's the whole thing. It's like uh, you know uh, when when you're curing baits and stuff like that, you you put out the rack, you get the juice off of them, you dry it off, you put the cure on it, and then you let it you know firm up with with salmon eggs or steelhead eggs. You're letting it firm up, and uh, you're you're leaving that skein intact. Obviously, you know the older the nastier the fish you're going to have a looser uh, uh skein on on the actual eggs themselves the row is going to be looser but with your cures you it's basically a, a add and go isn't it um yeah and there's a variety of ways you can use the egg cure um i personally like to take the skeins and cut them into um individual kind of bites i like to cure the bite so that when I open the jar, I'm good to go. If anything, I might make it a little smaller, but um, I like to have my individual bites cured. However, a lot of guys like to kind of butterfly the skein, open it up, cure it, and then they'll take their individual pieces, whether it's a small piece for steelhead or trout or a large chunk for salmon. Um, I've got buddies who use cured eggs for sturgeon. Um, you, I've even tried them on cured salmon, you know, eggs or roe on walleye and bass. And believe it or not, it works. And so, um, yeah, whether they're loose eggs for the folks in Michigan who like individual eggs or the West Coast where we like, you know, little chunks, uh, it works either way. So sand shrimp, y'all were talking about this before. So it's the same process with sand shrimp? I mean. Unfortunately, sand shrimp, they're a different kind of creature. Okay. Their bodies are not uh, made of meat. They're sort of gooey inside. 
And so the cures, there's a process that some folks do where they actually cook them and then kind of like pickle them. But my cure does not work on sand shrimp. Okay. But if you were to go um, to a lot of the uh, bait manufacturers, such as like D&G bait, which we talked about, um, you can purchase um, frozen coon shrimp. You can certainly go to your local uh, grocery store and purchase head on or just tails, raw or cooked in shrimp, prawns, and then the salad shrimp. And those can be uh, cured, preserved, so that again, uh, in seven days after you buy them, they're still viable. A month later, um, two months later, you can fish with that little salad shrimp that you bought at Fred Meyer's and uh, it's not, it hasn't gone bad. I really like that whole set it and forget it aspect, you know, of it, that, that does sound very easy to use. And like, even for someone that I have, literally, I feel like I could now, you know, cure some of my own bait, you know, in, in this little three and a half minute bit right here. Um, that's incredibly user-friendly and I can appreciate that, so. Now, now I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick some up, Deborah. I'm going to pick some up and I'm going to go, I'm going to drop it for, I'm going to see if it works on crappie. And I'm, you said it works on bass. So I'm going to go see if I can go catch some largemouth. Yeah, it's, you know, and the, the scent of the eggs, you can um, pinch them and rub them on the lure. You could use them certainly for trout. I mean, you go to a pond that's been stocked with trout and you have, um, Sometimes when you're curing eggs, you get a few loose eggs that fall to, you know, fall to the bottom of the bowl or whatever, save those. And you can use single eggs for steelhead or trout, any of that. And again, um, you don't have to be in a hurry because they are preserved, not only cured, but preserved for you. You know, I was, I was just thinking about it, John, uh, when, when we were talking about, you know, and Deborah, you were talking about using the eggs for walleye and bass and stuff like that. I was just thinking about the shrimp, uh, the cure for the shrimp and the cured shrimp working really good for catfish. I bet it does. You know, I haven't tried that, but you certainly could. Um, yeah. A lot of people will mix, mix and match their baits. You know, maybe they'll put um, a worm on and then a little piece of shrimp or for catfish. Um, yeah, as long as you get it on the bottom, why wouldn't they, you know? Why wouldn't they bite at it? It would smell yummy and fishy. Yeah, well, <laughs> and the illumination that the that the cure gives, because you have a lot of different colors behind you up there on your shelf, and uh, I I know that in a lot of the circles of the guys that are fishing for catfish, whether they're going for channels or blues or flatheads or whatever, they're they're using some type of illuminator on their bait, especially at night because catfish can see, uh, you know, they're not like a, like a sturgeon where they're more scent driven and just kind of like little tiny beady eyes, you know, um, the, the, the catfish can see, and they are predatory to an extent. You put something down there with a little bit of brightness to it. Not only that, but the smell that's going to draw the fish in, I, I could see it working really good. I, that, that's something I I'm going to try that this summer. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll head up the gorge and, and try that. But I think in your area, like the Wachita, John, I think that you could get like the, the tiger shrimp down there at like at your store 
and just put this stuff on there and, and put it out there. Dude, I'd, I would bet money right now on the Sulphur River that that would work for catfish because the water levels are so high. They're kind of dislodged and dispersed from, you know, their normal feeding habits. They're kind of pushed out closer to the bank. But now the bank is like 15 feet deeper than it normally is. Like the river is so high right now. But, you know, that, that's where they're hanging out and they're waiting for that food to kind of come in off the, off the main current and channel there and push off to the shoals some. And people are like, just, I mean, it's, it's kind of like uh, drift fishing, really. They're just mm -hmm. drift fishing bait under bobbers. And I would bet money that that would work. So Deborah, yeah, I, I, I think you know. surf, surf perch fishermen, yeah. um, you know, uh, there, I think depending upon the style of fishing you do and where you fish, the product that you fish with, if it's a, you know, if it's eggs, I've cured um, not just salmon and steelhead roe, but I have cured shad roe and Ooh. use that, <laughs> that for sturgeon. Again, because I'm looking to preserve it. You know, I want to fish, you know, catch today, fish tomorrow. And the different colors, I honestly think um, you could cure uh, your like um, pieces of clams. I, honestly, um, I've got a product coming out in February for the Sportsman Show for kokanee. Um, I've got a product for halibut and sturgeon coming out uh, specifically for those. So I think it's endless. You just have to get creative and try and experiment. I'm getting really excited when you start Are talking you? about lingcod and halibut <laughs> because, uh, you know, uh, it, we, we were just, we got a calm day about three weeks ago. We were able to go out. You were in Florida, but we did get a calm day. <laughs> and we went out <laughs> it, it, the bar was closed in the morning we went out of Tillamook and and uh we went out there and we were thumping fish on cut chunks of herring put on our dropper rigs I I want to try it because we do the the brine you know like we'll we'll cure herring every once in a while more times than not uh, I'm not going to say anything anymore because I don't want to tell people certain things but anyways your cure <laughs> uh the the cure is uh, uh uh something that people can use um yes and it, so like what you're talking about on for halibut um you get a you know the, some color you get a bite stimulant and you get a piece of herring whether it's a full herring or sardine or whatever chunks and it firms it and so it'll stay on your hook better so ultimately um you have a better chance and it also works great on squid so if you run to the store and get squid, whether you use a piece or a whole squid, it works great on that as well. Deborah, with this, just out of curiosity, would this work on a chicken liver? I haven't cured chicken liver before. Um, so we're going to have to try. You know, I guess I think what I would take would be the prawn cure because it's a little, okay. um, it's stronger versus the egg here um you have to be careful with the egg cures and that you don't want to burn the eggs because they're fairly fragile but the um, prawn and shrimp cure i think would work well and you might take a chicken liver and slice it into strips and this would be the kind of the yellow label i don't know if you can okay. see that yellow yeah. is the prawn and so um you could try that um, this is the one um, that I would use if I'm just sprinkling it on shrimp, 
whether or I'm actually brining it, you add water, distilled water, and make like a little bath, and you soak them. And so it would be interesting to try chicken liver. Um, we've got a product coming out for crab bait, which will do like chicken, actual chicken, <laughs> like That's, chicken legs, yeah. chicken backs, you know, that will add a little bit of yumminess to that as well. So I've got a lot of really cool stuff coming out for February. Oh I'm boy. I, excited. I'm going to have to save extra money for the sportsman <laughs> show now. <laughs> it's Come like, see ah, me. Come yeah, see me. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know how wacky it gets with, with people and their egg cures and their bait cures and all that kind of stuff. Like people get crazy about it. Like when, when I was a kid, uh, you know, basically uh, unproprietarily saying it was, um, borax, CNH sugar, brown sugar, you know, uh, and that, and that Jell-O. was jello yeah, yeah, and, and red jello to cure eggs and it worked, yeah. it caught fish. Uh, but, but there's been a lot of things that go into, uh, cures, but in, in general, without giving up any proprietariness, what, what are kind of those different chemical elements that go into, into a cure, not your cure, but a cure, right. what are you looking it's for? There's a lot of um, different products that go into cure. And the, I guess you have to decide um, as a cure manufacturer or as just, you know, a, a fisherman, um, how long do I need my eggs to stay in a, uh, a container in the refrigerator without having any mold issues? And so for a commercial cure, like what I manufacture, I need to look for the long term. Um, and so you have to be careful with sugars because sugars can create mold. And so um, and I want I want my cure to go fast. I want this cure to when you get off the river, you get home, you're tired, you got to clean out the boat and you got to deal with your eggs. Every 12 hours, that you leave your eggs uncured, the bacteria doubles. So you need to kind of get them cured as quick as you can um, so that you just don't have any mold issues down the road. So I want you to be able to walk into the house um, and it'd be great if your partner, your wife, your friend, whoever would cure the eggs for you because gals, you know, do a little curing in the kitchen, you know, it's all good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I want you to be able to cure them and in under two hours, I want you to be done. By the time you're done washing the boat, your eggs are done. You put them in a jar, a bag, whatever, and you fish tomorrow morning again with the eggs you just cut. Um, I like this cure be again, because it doesn't take one day, two days. It doesn't take forever. It's quick and you can be frugal with it. You know, more is not better. Um, put just enough on and your bottle will last and your eggs will cure beautiful and they'll look like beautiful little gummy bears. I mean, um, not that you'd want to eat them, but if your dog accidentally does and uh, all that's going to happen is your dog's going to poop pink, you know, for a day. <laughs> But it won't hurt them. I have no chemical, no nothing in the cure that's going to hurt anyone. You know, you get it under your fingernails and you're eating your sandwich and you eat a couple little eggs. Don't stress. Um, it won't make you sick. But uh, the beauty is just 
quick, easy, works. Yeah. So not, I've, I've got to ask now, as, as someone that's so into the, you know, uh, the fishing industry, what got you into fishing? I was super, super lucky to grow up in a family that um, we, you know, we were camping and fishing and hunting and we were outdoor kids. And my parents um, moved out, moved us out to Scappoose when I was kind of preteen and they bought a marina and Brown's Landing in Scappoose. And uh, that's where I grew up. And so salmon fishing on the Multnomah Channel back in the day where hundreds of fish came in, um, not so much anymore, but uh, I grew up in that environment and comfortable in that environment and fishing with friends and um, experimenting with different things. And then, you know, I made my own tackle and got the cure company. So it, it just kind of was a natural progression. Yeah, I'm lucky. What, what has been, I've been asking this to people recently because I, I think it's been really cool. You know, what, what have been some really memorable catches that you've had? Oh, goodness. Well, you, I got in trouble for telling this story <laughs> at a ODF, a W meeting. I was eight years old. Okay, I was eight years old. And you're going to laugh because I could not believe someone turned me into the state police. So I'm eight years old and I'm not a young woman. I'm, you know, mm -hmm, older. <laughs> at least, at least 25. Yeah. Uh, two times. I'm working on my third time around. <laughs> and uh, so I caught a fish um, out of my grandfather's little 14 foot sea swirl P14. You guys probably too young to even know what that I is. I know exactly what it is. You do with the fiberglass my dad had one. windshield. Yep. Okay. And the 25 horse Johnson that mm -hmm. was like massive, you know, <laughs> it, I think we had this much water line. I bet you we had less than six inches. That boat was so loaded. We're out and we're in Garibaldi out in the bay there. And I caught my first salmon. And uh, what got me in trouble with uh, the state police is when I told the story, I caught a, a hen and I had eggs. And I was so tickled back then, it wasn't illegal to sell your eggs. And the marina gave me like $11 for the these two huge skeins, you know? And uh, I think I remember that distinctively. I was with my grandfather and my father and um, yeah, like burned into my brain and growing up in that environment and, you know, selling boats and motors and fishing boats and all the gear and everything um, kind of shaped who I am. So that's one. And I think one of the best ones was when I was fishing um, down in, again, Tillamook Bay with Bob Toman years and years ago. And I brought one of my naughty tackle spinners and it was a, a chartreuse blade with a brass back with the green mermaid on it. And I, I caught a, a 40 pounder. And oh, oh. Yeah. And oh. uh, Bob was like, hey, you know, what did you catch? You know, what are you doing? You know, because I used my own. And uh, he, he kept the lure. 
Of course, Bob did. He taught me a lot. I was very fortunate to fish um, with Bob. Um, and I learned a lot about steelhead drift fishing and um, and so forth. So that was he was a good guy. Yeah. Bob's name doesn't come up a whole lot anymore, but I have so many issues of salmon trout steelheader and uh, salmon and steelhead journal where the guy, the, the folks that were out there and, and fishing Northwest Oregon, they all knew Bob. That was the thing. I mean, yeah, he a was legend. a legend. And, uh, you know, he was one of the, you know, and I don't want to offend anyone or anything, but in the circle of people that I knew, he was one of the real memorable, longest fishing guide, you know, 60 plus years fishing and um he was kind of a gruff guy sometimes but um he was sweet and um super professional and taught me an awful lot so i i have nothing but good good memories yeah what an absolute unit of it was it a fall salmon this was and i gotta think um yes we were fall down at the coast okay yes yeah and um I connected up with Bob through Dave Ng, who we talked about earlier <laughs> yep. when Dave worked at STS mm -hmm. and I did a lot of advertising. My boat dealership did a lot of advertising. And so Dave hooked us up and um, yeah. And so we would drift eggs and I gave Bob a lot of cure, um, but I know that he um, with like a lot of guides, they mix and match. They might take um, sure cure as a base but then they add a little of their own magic. And I think that's lovely. Um, it's great. Um, I have no problem. Just, you know, use my cure as part of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knock yourself out, you know, but yeah, it's, um, it's been a beautiful ride fun so far in um, my, you know, my career and my little business. It's been super fun. So are, do you still have uh, anything to do with Brown's Landing, the, the marina or? Are... No, it, um, we, I sold the boat dealership in 2009 and I opened a little sporting goods store in Scapoose. Um, the dealership lasted a few years and the folks, um, unfortunately, like a lot of small businesses, you know, you have an 80% failure rate. And unfortunately they fell into that 80% and uh, the property sold and the marina sold and all of that. And so it was heartbreaking to let it all go, but it, it was also nice not to have to work 14 hours a day, seven days a week. And yeah. um, my little taco shop was fun. I did that for six, seven years. And then now I'm focusing primarily on the two product lines I have. Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't know all that about you. I didn't know you're hanging out with, oh yeah, Bob Tome and oh, Dave Ng, all these other people. You, you want to drop any other famous names? How yeah, about no, there's, there's tons of great fishing guides out there. And what I'm really excited about now is the new, I shouldn't say new, but the generation, I would say, you know, fellas and, and gals that are in their early thirties that are just coming on and they're um, real social media, sa you know, savvy 
which I'm working on uh, getting more savvy, but um, I love watching the process um, of their um, creating their own name and creating the mystique, you know, that they have and, and um, learning and just watching the whole thing. So Facebook gives you the opportunity to watch. Um, same with like TikTok and things like that. There's a lot of great uh, future fishermen, you know, in the works right now. So it's lovely. Very cool. Yeah. I think so. So you, you got, so now I understand what cures are. I know I'm going to pick up some Mr. Sure cure, but I've got to, I've got to know. Naughty tackle. Uh, oh. how, how did that come about? And I mean, it's just awesome. <laughs> well, I started making just tackle for myself. And um, as with all of my great ideas, one or two martinis always followed, or I shouldn't say <laughs> the ideas followed the, the martinis. Um, some buddies of mine, uh, we were sitting and, you know, drawing out, designing boats on bar napkins, and we were talking about tackle. And they're like, you should make your tackle and sell it. but. I was like, yeah, but everyone makes spinners. You know, how do you differentiate yourself from everybody else? You can make a really good quality product, which is important to me. Um, but what are you going to do? So we were joking and, you know, um, so, you know, I drew a mermaid. I actually drew her and uh, we thought, well, let's... Um, let's do a mermaid on the blades and on the spinner blades. So I still have my original a drawing on paper and pencil and you die of laughter because um, she was, you know, fairly well endowed, you know, with her mermaid um, chest, no, no shells, you know, they're just <laughs> right out there. And um, I showed the drawing to my buddies and they were like, no, not big enough. So then I increased, <laughs> I increased, you know, like an eighth of an inch. No, not big enough. So the drawing, you can see my erasures on her breasts and it looks like the ring of a tree. You know, when you cut a tree and you see the growth, <laughs> they totally see. you know, they just go expanded, you know, bigger, bigger, bigger. And so we finally decided on the appropriate size for her chest and her waist and everything else. And um, I think the one thing you'll notice about that drawing is she has no face. I, I ask people all the time, you know, what, um, what do you not see, you know? And that's a face. Mm -hmm. And I figured if you got a body like that, you don't need a face. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we started uh, or I started building the tackle and I have the blades made for me the mermaid is silk screened on and then there's a clear coat on the top because I want it to last and I'm careful with the paints and I use you know quality beads quality stainless for the wire uh, we also or I say we I'm just so used to saying that but I also tie up leaders, you know, like kokanee or walleye. And uh, I have 
great fun, you know, making the tackle. Um, it works, of course. You know, years ago, you'd have a blade with just a dot in the middle, you know, maybe a pearl blade with a red dot. Well, put a mermaid and basically she's the red dot. And so I didn't reinvent the wheel <laughs> at all. <laughs> This, this is good, good spinners that are well balanced. I use good quality hooks, good quality materials. Um, it just gives you that little extra luck. Um, mermaids have a legend about them and they are the, you know, the keeper of the fishes. And um, yeah, so it's fun. And I think I said earlier, it's uh, like making jewelry you fish with. And uh, I love it. It's just fun. The t-shirts and everything else are fun too, but making the tackle is, you know, kind of my deal. Like jewelry you fish with. That is like- Jewelry you fish with, yeah. That is one of the funnest phrases I think I've ever heard. <laughs> well, you get to bead and you get to do, you know, the stuff and put a hoochie on it, you know, and yeah, it's all good. It's yeah, all so good. The, this this was like the old classic here. Yes. I, I, yeah. So uh, when, when uh, Deborah was talking about the dot, um, a lot of a lot of guys that uh, fish out like the Columbia River and all that, they'd put a, a red dot and this one's hand drawn on there. This one's not professional, but it works. Uh, sure. Fish like round stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Randy Bonner, there you go. Randy things on her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now. As far as uh, like getting getting your stuff out there and everything else, you said that you're fairly new to social media, but um, you know, I, we found you no problem. Uh, yeah, you know. I'm getting it. I'm learning, you know. And so, like, I I was so tickled with myself when I got it when I put up a TikTok video, and I put <laughs> music to my little thing, you know, and I picked some fun music, you know. But um, I'm growing with that. Um, Surecare is in a variety of stores. Um, I'm really looking to expand. So anyone out there listening, if you have a tackle shop um, that is in your area that doesn't have my cure, gosh, get on the phone, let me know. Um, it's hard to manufacture it, you know, package it market it, deliver it. And so as a one woman show, I'm the first one to admit there's not enough time. I don't have enough time. And I'm on the brink of um, going from small to, you know, medium size. And until I like triple my sales, I really can't make that leap, you know, um, as far as, you know, hiring folks and things like that. So I'm still sort of stuck you know, doing it myself and maybe stuck isn't the right word, but I'm a little possessive with it too, because I want it just the way I want it. And so I haven't trusted anybody to get, you know, yeah. <laughs> to put the labels on straight on the bottles yet. <laughs> well, it, you know, that to, to, to back up what you're saying though, Deborah, is that uh, this stuff is highly proprietary and, and, um, a lot of people that they, they would love to get their hands in on like the quick thing and the quick scheme and all this other stuff. And I don't think that that's, you know, there's people out there, like I said, we were talking about, you know, we, we'd go down and get a, a box of borax and a box of sugar and uh, Kool-Aid and, and we would cure eggs and in no particular like measurement order or whatever. I mean, there, there's guys that had it like perfected, 
depending on if they were fishing the coast or if they're fishing further inland. Same thing goes for like brining herring or something like that. Sure. Uh, you know, there, there was all of that kind of stuff, but um, it's understandable to say like you have your particular ways that you do this, but you said something that's really important. You're packing all this stuff yourself. This is all you 100%. Yeah. So the success or the failure, that's all on me. And so um, I take great pride. And when you, when you think about whether it's tackle or cure or any fishing product, you got a guy who has two days off a week and maybe he gets to fish six, seven times a year, maybe, depending upon his work schedule and his family life. You have a great responsibility as an egg cure or a tackle manufacturer because if you send someone out there and your stuff is, you know, baloney, you are taking his time and you, if he doesn't catch any fish, uh, I take that responsibility um, to heart because I got to send him out there with the best stuff that I can make. Um, that's not a bunch of hoo-ha. You know, there's a lot of, you know, smoke and mirrors in fishing. And there's a lot of things that sound like they're fantastic, but they, you know, they either don't work or, you know, they're, they're just not well thought out, but it'll grab the attention because of the marketing. So I take great pride in that. And you have to, you, yeah, particularly when I had my tackle shop, you know, people would come in and they'd say, oh my God, I haven't caught a salmon in five years. And I caught it on blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, oh my God, how lovely. I mean, what, what, you know, that is wonderful. So I, I'm gushing. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I get all excited. <laughs> no, that is that is that is amazing. You know, um, like Brian Brian kind of mentioned earlier, I, I used to make soft plastics, and I, I took the utmost pride in that. Um, there's a lot of a lot of QA QC that goes on when when you're a one person show, but sure. that, it gives you the ability to make it like you said exactly how you want it. But then you know, going into the the fly time world now. Um, you're so right. And I tie a lot of big predator flies and cool. you know, I actually, uh, I'm going to stop selling flies here soon. Um, but it's, it's so important that you can't use crappy hooks. You can't use crappy thread. Uh, the glue has to be right because when you're fishing for quite possibly the fish of a lifetime, there's no room for error. You, you know, I was, I was talking with one of my uh, one of my buddies here recently, and there's no people that fish for trophy fish or people that even just fish for pleasure. There's no room for shortcomings in what you're providing. Sure. They, and I'm sure um, fly tying, my goodness, talk about an art form. Um, those are pretty <laughs> bitty. Well, they can be bigger, but pieces of art, each one of them, you know, that I'm envious of that. I don't have the patience for that, but good for you. So I, I did have a question because I actually use a lot of stainless steel wire. I've got a bogs bog sitting right here beside me, a wire bender that I use for musky flies. And you mentioned, um, you know, uh, quality stainless steel wire for your, for your mm -hmm. spinners. 
what, what was some of your determining factors for what, what was the quality that you were looking for for your spinners? I think matching the gauge of wire to the species and the size of the um, spinner is super important. And um, the fisherman's ability to what they would call tune like a spinner. Some people might like to bend the wire slightly or they catch a big old fish and it's, you know, twisted the thing all up. You want to be able to kind of reasonably put it back. Um, and so the gauge of the wire is important. Um, lighter gauge, you know, smaller, um, smaller species. Uh, and so just, again, matching that and making sure that your spinner is weighted properly, that you have the right length of wire for the action of that particular spinner. You might need a two inch, you know, gap up top, or you might want your eye right down on top of that spinner blade based upon the action and the species you're looking for. Well, if that what, makes what, sense. Yeah, it does. What was it that Kelly said? Was it 12? No, it's more than 12 blade rotations. Uh, per uh, yeah, I, I believe uh, it was 12 blade rotations per second. I, I wish yeah. I would have wrote it down. Uh, that, that was for a casting spinner. So like a Blue Fox or, or a, a sure. Meps or something like that. Um, I, I make spinners myself, you know, I don't sell them. I just make them. I got a wire right. former and all that uh, just because it's fun. I, I love That's it. I can make so it whatever fun. color. Yeah. Um, and I'll do mono spinners like, uh, on, uh, prawn rigs or stuff like yes. that and everything else. Um, but yeah, that, that wire gauge is really critical. One of the things I never really got, I haven't done yet was like, I was showing you those 4.0 ties with that, that blood dot on it. That's a, it's a pretty significant mm -hmm. blade. I haven't, I haven't done the extended shaft spinners yet. Uh, and that's something I've, I've wanted to do. What, what gauges do you, I mean, if you want to tell uh, what gauges do you use for those longer shafts? Um, for a blade, for a, you know, for a spinner that has, I'm going to say is six and a half, seven inches long. You know, this is kind of the more of the classic where you're using a, like a thumper number mm -hmm. seven blade or numbers, you know, six. Um, I use a 50 thousandths, you know, and so, um, or 55, um, that works really well. Um, and depending upon, you know, when you're laying out your spinner, you want your eyes level, you know, you don't want one eye twisted and one eye this way. You want your eyes flat. Um, you want to make sure that you're, you know, using, um, a quality bead underneath your clevis, the right size clevis for the, um, for the blade, um, you know, and making sure that the blade comes down, you know, to the proper spot on your hook. Um, you know, there's just a variety of things that come into play. And um, I've got some fun stuff coming out. Um, that I want to have more of a free flowing uh, hook and hoochie kind of action on the bottom with, you know, a, a shorter, maybe a, like a four inch wire at the top um, that gives you the ability to kind of um, mix and match what you have below for your hoochie and hooks. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to try, I, I've had some good luck with um, having things they look, it looks so much more natural when it's going through the water and you have, um, it's not all stiff, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's something that we always talk about. And, uh, uh, you know, with the free, the, the stinger hook that you're talking about it really, um, and especially with uh, spring Chinook, they like the short strike uh, in the river, they love the short strike. And so uh, one of the things that, that we've done is we've went to a triple hook setup it, where it's legal, we'll, we'll run sure. a three hook mooching rig, um, especially in the channel. That's something because uh, it just seems like, you know, you'll, you'll, you know, early season, let's say, uh, end of March into April, you'll be, you'll be just bouncing cannonball down there. You're, you're pulling that triangle and that herring and everything. And, and you'll knock one in the head and it pisses us off and it goes wham like that. Well, we stick it on that trailer. That's 90% of the time it's stuck on that trailer. And a right. lot of guys, you know, they, they don't, they, they'll only run the two hook and it, <laughs> that fish will rip that herring straight off there. We, we stick them on those, but that having that trailing hoochie, especially on uh, when the fish start to suspend a little bit later in the season, man, right. that's, that, that's going to be a hot spinner. Sure. And mooching rigs, um, that is a whole nother kettle of fish. And um, I've, um, when I had my tackle shop, I tied up a lot of rigs for guides or as people, you know, I would just say, bring me your hooks, bring me your line and tell me what you want and I'll tie it up. You know, as people get older, sometimes that fine work with your fingers is a little tougher depending upon what you did for a living. But uh, yeah, the three hook, um, you know, a, a slider. And I have blue gamagatsus and then my trailer's red. And I'm telling you, these are wicked looking. And the, the hooks just fit right into the, the herring and they blend in because they're blue. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, it's fabulous. Yeah, my, mine don't look that cool, but uh, maybe I'll have to go buy the, uh, I, I'm, I'm just spooling one off here. Oh, shameless plug for fishing. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Shameless plug for I'll have to check out your, your stuff. Well, it's probably not as nice as yours. Uh, oh, I, no, no, no. I'm sure they are. You know, again, um, I didn't invent anything. It's not rocket science. So, so for our East coast friends, uh, it, nice. I, I should not blur this out, but, um, it, it's kind of blurring that, that is what we're talking about. That's a mooching rig. So, uh, this one we were using for bottom fishing. So I got a six odd up here and a five odd down here. That's not your typical salmon sizes, but, um, that's what you're looking at there. And, uh, you basically rig your herring through this, and then you run this outside of the herring and this is your standard trailer hook and that's kind of pulled straight I'll, I'll try to hold it that's pulled straight the fish comes up the herring's spinning on this and it's kind of making a really sharp the the fish comes up and if you get both of them that's great but usually they get grab that stinger that's what we're talking about for people that don't know what a mooching rig is so it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a line through bait but for live fish exactly or, or, at, or at least or dead fish well, in our case dead fish now what was live fish at some point but yeah. right so but that's really smart that's really smart and what so what kind of not i'm sorry i'm i don't know any of this stuff i, I don't you know I, i'm i'm a dainty fly fisherman <laughs> well you know the youtube is a, a a wonderful wonderful thing and i tie a million egg loops um and whether I'm using um, an egg loop or not, you know, for for the bait, it's a good solid um, it's a good solid tie. Egg loop offers you a way to pull out a little bit of line so that you, when you put your bait on, you can kind of lasso it, you know, and it'll help stay on. But uh, 
there's a ton of great, the Palomar knots, there's a ton of great knots, depending upon the hook you're using, you know, like a circle hook versus an octopus hook. Um, there's a lot of knots that will help those hooks run and um, help you hook up better based upon the knot and the hook, the position of the eye, you know, that kind of thing. And so uh, fortunately with YouTube out there, my goodness, um, it's a wealth of information. And your local tackle shop, usually the guys behind the counter are happy to help too. So, uh, wow. Well, I really wanna try a lot of the stuff you guys have going on out there and see if I can apply it here in the South just for our species here. Cause I think it would work. You know, you, you take a, one of these blueback herring or one of these shad that we have in our rivers. And I'm sure I could put a mooching rig with like a, a, a one knot and maybe like a size one or a size two hook under it. And I bet that would lace fish. And do you use shiners and so forth down there? Yeah. Okay. I honestly, I should get you some of the prawn cure and try it on shiners. Now they're going to be dead, of course, yeah. you know, because you're going to kill them, curing them. But um, <laughs> we can't use live bait here, you know, um, at all. But I know you all can, if you, yeah. you know, but sometimes just having available bait in your refrigerator is a wonderful thing because you don't want to have to run to the store. But I think you could enhance um, the fishability of the of the shiner and basically brighten up the color like with blue or green and make those scales, you know, shine. And then um, it's going to last longer in your refrigerator. And because you're cured it, they're going to be um, a little stiffer. And so the hook is going to stick in them and stay. They're not going to just fall apart. Um, and so that's possible to try. Um, if you use pieces of uh, larger fish and slice them into like a little tiny fillet, you know, like a like a little piece of cut bait. Yeah, you could use the cure on that. And again, it's toughening it up so that it'll stay on your hook. Um, and again, the little bite enhancers that go into the cure that make them want to strike at it because of the smell. Um, I think that would transfer into that as well. Um, I, you know, I haven't thrown a conventional rod in God knows how long other than I was throwing a little spinner that my buddy in New York maybe, but I really want to go catfishing now. I want to go catfishing and I want to go fish for some stripers and just buffalo and whatever else wants to eat some of this gear. Exactly. Anything that you use shrimp or clams on. Um, totally, you can use the prawn cure to cure them up. And there's, um, and I lost it. I've been trying to think of the name of the fish in Florida that I know I've got a, a, a guy in Florida I'm working with who's trying, but they're, um, they're a striped fish, kind of uh, vertical stripes. And it's something head. And I apologize. I, it's like sheep's head. Yes. And I know that the cure, and I sent this gentleman some, and I know that that is going to increase his sheep's head catch, um, or at least make keeping the bait available in his refrigerator easier um, and having a viable bait versus having to go buy it fresh every time. 
Yeah, you know, and I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> no, I'm I'm keen to know. Um because you know, goggle eye are so goggle eye is such a really really expensive bait. It's so expensive. Uh, I've got some buddies that you know they live in Florida and they fish there and they're like, goggle eye is so expensive, dude. And uh, I bet I'm gonna I'm gonna have to tell like everybody about this. So. <laughs> well, well i'll get you some samples and you can try it it may you know who at this point we're experimenting but i think the beauty of the product in SureCure is that um we're not limited we can try all kinds of things um and see what happens i know if you pour it on worms it's not good live worms because it makes a mess out of them. So don't do live worms. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like it. <laughs> uh, so what about what about other things like uh, maggots and, and things like that? Anything that, um, you know, that would be interesting to try. Um, mealworms, things like that. I don't know. We'd have to try. But I know that um, you can take the... In, the cure, whether it's the prawn cure or um, the liquid version. I have in my egg cure, I have two varieties. One is a sprinkle and that's the pink label. Pink for sprinkle. And then if you want to make a brine, like you're going to cure 10, 20, 50, 100 pounds, you want to use the orange label because you take the product and add distilled water to it and make like a little bath. And then you throw your eggs in, particularly loose eggs for the folks in Michigan, you know, in the Great Lakes area. Uh, then you just scoop your loose eggs out of it, take the brine and throw it in the refrigerator, use it again, use it again. And when you're done with it, you got all that yummy egg fat and all the yumminess in there. Put your herring in it for salmon fishing, put your squid, put anything, use it as a bait scent because you're gonna have this juice that has all the good stuff in it, plus the egg fat and little bits of egg. It's fabulous, save the brine. But um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, you can, you, you can experiment and try just about anything. Uh, Kokanee. Yeah, the corn. I, I was, when you mentioned that, I was like, man, curing yep. corn for I coconut. have a product coming out for Kokanee. Yeah. For kokanee corn and you just basically get your can of corn you know dump it in a zip and you'd put about four ounces of this product in smoosh it around and fish the next day and it'll color it again if corn needs to be toughened up it'll toughen it up slightly uh, but it gives it a good bite enhancer and uh, that works um, fellas who use tuna for salmon fishing take tuna and add the prawn cure, just two tablespoons to a can of tuna. And again, you get all the yumminess for the bite enhancers, you get a color and you get product that will sit in your refrigerator for a month or more <laughs> and, and still be good. It's frightening, frightening so how long it'll sit in the refrigerator. So kokanee eat corn. See, now, now you've got- corn. Now you guys have me thinking carp. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this is I a whole either. new world for John. Like John, this, this is like this is mind blowing. I mean, 
yeah, John, the predator fly master. But uh, for a lot of people, curing bait, this is this is so regional. It really is. I mean, I know that there's some people that they'll they'll put their stuff in like salt, but we really dive into bait curing here in the Pacific Northwest. It's something that because we have fish species that we take eggs from and we're not eating. I, I, I'm sure some people eat them for caviar, but, uh, you know, yeah. when, when we cut open a hen, it's, it's like red gold, you know, it's, it's bait, you know, you catch a hen salmon or steelhead. It, that's like, Oh, I just saved myself like 45, 50 bucks hooking this fish. Cause yeah. then you know that you, yeah, you, you don't have to go up to the, you know, the tribal gill netters up the gorge to go buy it or down to the fish market. If they have eggs, you don't have to go there and pay, you know, like five, $10 a pound for eggs. You got them. And so like our bait curing things huge. When we go down in March to go fish for herring off the rocks, that's, the, that's bait, you know, uh, in May and June, when we're going after shad, that's bait, you know, that's, the, you know, so we go out and we still catch our own bait, but having the, this bait curing thing, this is very specific to us. Everybody else just kind of sticks to, um, uh, you know, just running it raw or bare, but curing it, what a big impact that makes. We know that from trolling. That's one of the sure. biggest things. Sure. And the nice thing about curing your own eggs, and there's some experimenting or curing your own bait in general. There's some experimenting um, that you can do and you can try different things. Maybe um, take once your eggs are cured with sure cure, because we use low to no sodium sulfite, it's a great base. So if you want to add more sodium sulfite, you want to add more dye, you want to add, you know, um, a sugar product or whatever you want, you're going to get a good cured egg with sure care. Then you can make, you know, kind of customize your own any way you want on top of it. And you don't have to worry about um, kind of, um, overdoing like the sodium sulfite because again ours has low to no measurable amount in there and so um it's a great place to start and there truly is and you guys manufacture your own spinners or your own flies you know the pride you feel when you catch a fish on something that you made that you did and i think that's the beauty of curing your own baits because you can look at it and it's a great way um, to get your wife involved, your girlfriend involved. She could like cure the, she could become the queen of cure. <laughs> and her, her man will be like, man, my girl, you know, she makes the best cured eggs and you may not go fishing, but you can certainly have an impact on his ability to catch fish. Well, my wife would be out there fishing. She's she's like, I cure these. You go get your own bait. You know, my daughter's <laughs> the same way. She, she, I mean, that she, but she like they they both like doing that kind of stuff. They're like, hey, this is kind of cool. Uh, it, it's just all a, a part of that, though. Making your own lure and and you know customizing it. It's just like with your uh, you know your spinner blades with the with the mermaid Anything. everything else. Mm -hmm. It's all customizable. It's super cool though. Um, Deborah, we're coming up on our hour. It's flown oh, by. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's so fast. It, it's flown by. Uh, before before we pull the plug on everything, though, where can people buy your product and get in contact with you? Um, I have a website, which is um, sure or 
MR for Mr. Sure, S H U R, cure.com. Um, we're on Facebook. Um, we have Cure at a variety of stores um, on the website. It lists them all. Um, my goal is to get more um, this year, 2023. It was to get 23 new stores. So help me out with that, people. Um, but yeah, and if you can't find, you, you know, you can give me a buzz at you know, 503-442-1000. And I'm happy to ship it to you, tell you where you can buy it local, um, answer any questions. Again, I'm all about making sure that if you invest in my product, I invest in you and your success. So, yeah, cool. Everybody right. go check out Deborah's stuff. It is, cool. I, I'm a fly guy. And I'm about to go check it out because you, you guys, for, for science, right? Like now, now I just want to go like pour cure on bugs and like find out what happens. <laughs> but, 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 you know, but, but, you know, like seriously, um, I, I know we're supposed to be getting off here, but I'm thinking about the baits we use here, like crickets, um, mealworms, chicken liver, uh, cut shad, which I know that'll work fine. Yeah. But, and the shrimp will work fine too. But now I'm really keen to know because chicken liver is a really great bottom fishing bait here, but it is so freaking hard to use because you have to thread it. You have to right. let it let it kind of dry out a little bit, and then you have to thread it on because there's no actual way to hook it onto your hook. But with a cure, I could. Well, give me a buzz. You got my number, and I'll um, we'll we'll have some fun experimenting. All right. All right. Awesome. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for taking the time tonight to come on here and, uh, you know, talk to us, do uh, give us the lowdown on Mr. Shurkir. It's definitely an absolute pleasure to know who you are, your, how, how much history you have here. I had no idea uh, with the people that you've uh, fished with and been around and, and where you were located. Had no idea you were a part of Brown's Marina at all. That's one of our favorite you know, it, it's been just decades and decades of seeing that name for myself growing up here and uh, super cool, but we can't thank you enough for coming on. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, I truly appreciate it. Thank you. All right. It has been an absolute pleasure. Right on boys. All right. So make sure you get over there and check out Deborah's website, mrsurecure.com. And you'll, it will also link you to Naughty Tackle. Now, if you uh, are still having a difficult time finding Deborah, you can always reach out to us and you can find us on Instagram at Working Class Fishing Podcast, YouTube under Working Class Fishing Podcast, Instagram under WC Fish. And then you can also find us on all major listening platforms worldwide. And if you still can't get a hold of us after that, feel free to shoot us an email at workingclassfish at gmail.com. Oh, but we, we, we actually have a website now too. Oh yeah, we have the website as well. We, we actually have a website. <laughs> yeah, and that's workingclassfishing.com. Almost forgot about that. So John, you want to run down those sponsors one time? Yeah, you got it, dude. All right, everybody. You know, as normal, thanks for listening and go show Deborah some love and support. She's an absolute gem. This episode of Working Class Fishing was brought to you by CD Fishing USA, Angry Rooster Fly Company, 317 Flies, Lidrig, and Anadromous Fly Company. Go check them out. 
They've got codes. They're good people. They're small businesses. All right. Help them out. You know, at least let them know that we sent you. And um, just thanks so much for the continued support. Uh, we hit, I think, our highest in the charts uh, today. And that, that was awesome seeing that. And that's from your support and all your listenership. So just it means a lot to us that you guys are listening and uh, not just for us, but it's awesome that you guys are hearing all these guests and reaching out to them. So uh, just please keep doing that and keep building the fishing community and keeping it positive and being badasses. So thanks. Awesome. So with all that being said, thank you everybody for listening. As John said, you guys are pushing us through the roof and we can't thank you enough. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Bye-bye.